In the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My mother, Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. With the permission of our Lord present in the Blessed Sacrament, today is the feast of the Apostle Bartholomew, one of the twelve specially chosen by our Lord to witness to his life and to his resurrection. And that alone makes him a special saint. But also he stands out because he was one of a small number of apostles who met our Lord early on. And Providence has deigned to let us know about that and brought that encounter to our attention. There's a little bit of confusion about his name in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They all speak of him as Bartholomew and they never refer to him as Nathaniel. But in St. John's gospel, he never refers to Bartholomew, but only refers to Nathaniel. But it seems the two are almost certainly the same person. And sometimes that can happen in families. You meet a person and they're properly known among their friends by one name, but then the friends are surprised that in another environment or in their natural family, they have another name. And, and maybe that applied to Bartholomew. One of his names had a, a Greek background to it, Philip, possibly. Well, that would be Philip, but possibly well, there are different reasons why that might happen. But, the, but perhaps among the apostles, he was known as Nathaniel, because that's the name that his friend Philip will refer to him uh, by. But we can refer to him by either name, but this morning I'm going to refer to Nathaniel, because that seems a bit more familiar, really. And turning to the Gospel account, for his, his feast, we're told in some detail about his first meeting with you, Lord. And what John indicates is that it was very early on in our Lord's public life, when along with John and Andrew and Peter, our, uh, Nathaniel would meet our Lord for the first time. And they must have been golden days for, uh, for Nathaniel. It seems that at that time, Jesus was in the area of the Jordan River and the very setting would have added to his memory of that meeting with you, Lord, that first meeting. It's a very beautiful part 
of the Holy Land, probably had even more vegetation then than now. It was a very fertile part of the Holy Land, being beside the river. And what happened was that after meeting with John and Andrew and Peter, you Lord decided to head for Galilee. And, but before setting out, you met with Philip and you invited Philip to follow you. And it all seems to have taken place with a great simplicity, a brief meeting with you Lord, and then the invitation, and the invitation is taken up. And that can often be the simplicity with which a calling begins. Our Lord in some way passes by in our life. Sometimes it's just through baptism, or sometimes it's just through a call to live our faith more deeply, or through a specific, specific vocational call. Our Lord in some way gets into our soul, asks us to follow him. We say yes with a good simplicity and we we follow him faithfully ever since. But what is very impressive about these early apostles is that they seem to have quickly grasped who our Lord was. They were very quick to realize uh, who Jesus was. And in the case of Philip, well, he's so sure who Jesus is, only, though he's only met him a few hours before, maybe, that he immediately seeks out his friend Nathaniel. And there's a great naturalness about uh, what Philip did. He sought out Nathaniel because Nathaniel was from Cana and Philip probably was from Bethsaida and those two villages in Galilee aren't that far apart. And he sought his friend Nathaniel and as we hear today in the gospel, he said to him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law, the one about which the prophets wrote. He is Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. You can always sense his excitement as he told Nathaniel this news. And Philip was really telling him he had found the Messiah. So it was an important act of faith by his friend Philip. And Nathaniel's response was the famous one-liner, which we're all familiar with, from Nazareth, said Nathaniel, can anything good come from that place? Which really probably was a, a tongue-in-cheek uh, remark. But it seems Philip didn't take it too seriously. They were friends. And rather than argue with, with Nathaniel, he simply invites Nathaniel to come and see for himself. And it's then that Jesus sees Nathaniel coming to him. Lord, you saw him from afar, and you said of him, there is an Israelite who deserves the name incapable of deceit. What a, a great compliment uh, to our Lord, you Lord gave uh, about Nathaniel, to Nathaniel. And Nathaniel is taken aback by this greeting, and he, he responded, how did you know me? And Jesus said to him, before, before Philip came to call you, said Jesus, I saw you under the fig tree. Well, our Lord sees us before anyone else sees us. He's the one with whom everything begins. When our Lord enters in his life, it always begins with, with him first. And reflecting on that scene, it's been pointed out 
that Nathaniel may never have met Jesus if it weren't for his friend Philip who had told him about his own experience. And who had gone to him and said, well, we, we found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law and, and also the prophets, Jesus, and had issued that invitation, well, come and see. Well, how true that, that is, perhaps Nathaniel wouldn't have met our Lord if Philip hadn't gone, uh, gone off and uh, went off to tell him. And what a great reminder that is for us, how valuable it is letting others know about what we've received. That's something uh, that our Lord is depending on. Where, do, where does friendship that we'd pass on to others what, what we've received? And in fact, that seems to be a preferential way that our Lord wishes to make himself known to others. He wishes to make use of our ordinary capacity for friendship. And rather than having big arguments with others, it's much more a question of our letting others know what we have discovered and, and then inviting them to come and see themselves. And how natural it is if, for example, we've done a retreat ourselves that afterwards we tell our friend well, how it went, that we got a lot from it, please God. Or if we're even better, if we're going to do a retreat, that we invite someone along to come along with us. And in that way, they can come and see, they can check things out themselves. And we, we say to our friend, well, come, come and see. Or we're going to go to confession and we tell a friend what we're going to do or have done. And well, of course, it all depends on how grace it works. Or maybe we have friends who have no faith and... In some cases, it may be suitable that we suggest to them, well, why don't you read the Gospels yourself? Why don't you come to see, if you like, our Lord yourself by reading the Gospel? Or we invite someone to do a few minutes' prayer with us. Personally, I certainly remember what great good it did for me when I was a young fellow and someone sat down with me, and maybe with others too, and we did a few minutes of prayer, by reading from, from the way and with viewpoints read and then silence in between. And that way I learned about mental prayer in a, in a deeper way than any explanation would have given. Or we invite someone to join us in a time of prayer before the Blessed Sacrament and that way, Lord, we invite them to come and see for themselves. Of course, maybe on other occasions, Philip told others about our Lord and they didn't all react like Nathaniel did. They, there's no magic formulas when it comes to making our Lord known to others. And we always have to take into account the, the circumstances of the moment. But if we share with others what we ourselves have received, well, that will always be fruitful in its own time. And Nathaniel responds to Jesus uh, and says to him, he too makes an important act of faith. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Pope Benedict, reflecting on that scene uh, and how our, our Lord said to Nathaniel, before Philip called you, I saw you when you were under a fig tree. Uh, he reflected on that saying, we don't know what happened under this fig tree. Because we don't know actually Nathaniel's thoughts at that moment. 
But Pope Benedict went on to say, but it's obvious that it had to do with a decisive moment in Nathaniel's life. His heart is moved by Jesus' words. He feels understood and he understands. He concludes, this man knows everything about me. He knows and is familiar with the road of life. I can truly trust this person. And he answers with a clear and beautiful confession of faith. Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Well, for that to have happened, we'll have to assume that our Lord, you Lord, had prayed for Nathaniel beforehand because it was a real moment of grace. And it's wonderful too that we pray for our friends, for those around us, for those whose faith maybe is very weak or almost non-existent. But it's wonderful, we, we ask our Lord, Lord, I ask you for that friend, that they might have a deeper faith, that they might come to have faith, that might come to, to know you. Going back to the compliment that Jesus paid to Nathaniel, there, there is an Israelite who deserves the name incapable of deceit. It really was a great compliment uh, to give to Nathaniel. And it points to a wonderful virtue, the virtue of simplicity or sincerity, or we might say uh, straightforwardness, honesty. Uh, there was a good uh, straightforwardness, honesty in Nathaniel. And that's a very attractive virtue. St. Rosemaria especially admired it. We read in the way, look, the apostles for all their evident and undeniable defects were sincere, simple, transparent. You too have evident and undeniable defects. May you not lack simplicity. Well, Lord, I ask you, help not to lack simplicity. The, it's true in the gospel, the defects of the apostles are mentioned with great candor. There's no effort to hide their defects. And we, we know in some detail about the denial of, of Peter of our Lord. And we know the lack of faith of the other apostles. Often he said they were men of little faith. And they worried about which of them was the greatest, which was something they didn't need to worry about. Uh, but our Lord at the same time must have been very happy with their good straightforwardness, their simplicity. Just as he was moved by Nathaniel being free of deceit. And as that straightforwardness of the apostles was so pleasing to our Lord, well, we can be sure that he's very pleased when we strive to live that way ourselves, that we try to live with a good sincerity, a good simplicity, a good straightforwardness. It's a virtue that certainly pleased our Lord because it stands out in our Lord himself. The Pharisees even testified to that on that occasion where they came to him putting a question about the paying the temple tax. But they prefaced their question by saying to Jesus, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully and care for no man, for you do not regard the position of men. So even the Pharisees were saying that our Lord acted in a truthful way and there wasn't any deceit in our Lord and he didn't worry too much what people taught. He approached the people with that good straightforwardness. So it's a great virtue for us to strive to live and thank God I'm sure we, we all live it. But it's always possible for us to live it even with greater refinement. 
it'll mean that our yes is yes and our no is no uh, that we'll try to avoid saying one thing but meaning another uh, all these sort of things I, i'm sure perhaps and when in guidance even going to confession what a great virtue for us all to live and sure we live it it's great that we say things as they are with with refinement of course but with, with a good simplicity and that was always the advice of saint Josemaria. on a number of occasions he explained that he felt to quote his own words that he was capable of all the errors and all the horrors that the most unfortunate person could commit that he felt as weak as like anyone therefore he went on if sometimes you slip up don't worry rectify speak immediately be sincere with a complete sincerity or he used the word uh, a, a brutal or savage sincerity just say things as they are and thank god that keeps life very simple what a wonderful sacrament it is confession we're able to do that lord we're able to say things to you with a great simplicity just as they are you're never shocked and saint Rosemaria too would emphasize that no one would be ever scandalized because we're all made of the same clay the and he would often encourage them also to that well we'd say that the worst thing first the, the, or the harder thing first however even though you lord are the one we have to strive to be sincere with first perhaps the more difficult person for us to be sincere with is ourselves blessed alvaro spoke about that at the time of the beatification of, of saint Rosemaria and he observed that as time passes the person we find it hardest to be sincere with is ourselves well perhaps there's a lot of truth with that as time passes to a degree we find it easier to be sincere with others we're less worried perhaps what others think of us but the real battle is to be uh, sincere with ourselves to admit well yes lord i have that defect and that was a clear example of it the way i did that or whatever it might be or yes lord i have that uh, that point that i need to work at the or we may find it hard to say to ourselves the famous phrase i was wrong and uh, we we blame others but instead we say no i was wrong the difficulty real the real root of that difficulty is me but we sincerely pray we talk to you lord and we examine our conscience with with simplicity we know we're loved by you then it's easier to say well yes i am that person and then it's easier to try to improve certainly if we really pray we will realize that it makes great sense to be like nathaniel to strive to be people at the seat and thank god we we are the god besides knows us very well as one of the psalms psalmist says in psalm one of the psalms you search me and you know me you know my resting and my rising you discern my purpose from afar all my ways lie open to you lord there's nothing i can hide from you even my my deepest motives are known to you better to you than to myself so how crazy it would be that i'd hide anything from you or from myself 
And, and besides, we know that God's our Father, that we're loved by him, so why should I want to hide anything from you? And that solves so many things. Talking solves so many things. Otherwise, we all know how easy it is for a very small worry to become a big one uh, when really what's involved is something minor. And, and sometimes the opposite could happen. We speak about something that seems minor to us, but having spoken about it, we realise it's more significant than we thought. And we're alerted with regard to that matter. But either way, Lord, we, we uh, come out winning when we, when we imitate the, this good example of Nathaniel. Of course, we have to be sincere with others, straightforward with others. And often we'll do that by rectifying when we get something wrong. The, what our Lord told uh, parable once to illustrate how pleasing it is to him when we rectify, when we realize, well, I, I was wrong there, and we admit it. My first uh, decision or judgment was wrong. You, Lord, told a parable about, two pe man, about a man who had two sons. And he went to the first and said to him, my boy, you go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not go. But afterwards thought better of it and went. The man went and then said the same thing to the second who answered, uh, asked him, invited him to work in the vineyard. And he answered, certainly, sir, but did not go. And then our Lord asked, which of the two did the father's will? And it's very clear that the one who initially said no, but then reflected and said yes. And, well, the parables are just stories. Our Lord was using that parable to refer to a primary truth about the chosen people rejecting him. But at a secondary level, we can take it in another way. And it's reminding us how our first reaction mightn't be the best, what a wonderful thing it is that we change and we re react in a good way. And, uh, and sometimes that will involve our having to say to others, look, I'm sorry, my, what I said there wasn't quite correct. Uh, really, this is the situation. Or what I said no, but yes, I, I really should. We, we realise our first response wasn't the, the best one or the right ones. Sometimes we may need to, a time to reflect on things more calmly and then we realise, no, uh, this would be the better way. And the, certainly Nathaniel's quip about, Nathan, about Nazareth shows us how easy it is for us to get things wrong in our judgments if we judge too quickly. And we can all slip up in that way. The, uh, it's... Uh, it's true that that can happen. It happened to St. Josemaria. It's referred to in the articles about his uh, beatification, I think. Uh, once he was with, a, with some people who were involved in decorating a, a building which was just under construction. And there were, he was talking to three or four people. And he asked one, Fernando, who was a... a, a, a an architect, uh, have you collected the furniture yet? And Fernando said, began to say no because, but St. Rosemary interrupted saying, 
I never liked people making excuses and he cut him short. He was a bit abrupt. And then a few moments later, Blessed Alvo arrived and said to Fernando, you may now collect the furniture because there's money in the bank. And St. Rosemaria realised, oh, he'd, he'd been too quick in judging and he immediately apologised. And then before all the Roman College, he would apologise again. Well, we can sometimes be too quick in our judgments and, the, and, and then we, we, we rectify. And it's a, a, a wonderful thing to do. Whereas the St. Maria, you have to try to be always ready to rectify. I don't have to force my intellect and my will. I do it willingly. I don't hold to what I said before because I'm given more data or because, uh, I, because of the limits of my intellect, I got things wrong. And we, and we change. And uh, that's a great thing. No wonder sacred scripture encourages us not to judge too quickly, to be, to be slow to judge. And we read St. Paul writing to the Corinthians, you do ill therefore to pass judgment prematurely. That was what Nathaniel was doing when he made that remark about Nazareth. You do ill therefore to, to judge prematurely before the Lord's coming. He will bring to light what's hidden in darkness and reveal the hidden thoughts uh, of men. Then each of us will each of us will receive his own due reward from God. And well, it's good we we we're, we're slow to judge. We read in a point in the way, it's true that he was a sinner, but don't pass a judgment on him. Have pity in your heart, and don't forget that he may be yet he may yet be an Augustine while you remain just another mediocrity. Well, Lord, it's very strongly put like that, but yes, Lord, we know what you mean. That only God knows the full story of any situation or person. Well, we come <coughs> to conclude this meditation. We do so going to Mary. In Mary, we find this good simplicity. At the Annunciation, she asked an important question, how can this be since I have no husband? Mary, in some way, had made a commitment to virginity. There's a mysterious aspect to that because she was betrothed. But certainly, but she put this question to the angel and the angel responded, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And immediately then she replied, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. With a, a great simplicity, a great straightforwardness, she said yes to God's plan. And years later, we see her in Cana, which is the town of Nathaniel. Nathaniel was from Cana. And uh, it seems Nathaniel perhaps was pre present too at the wedding feast in Cana. And there with Simplicity, Mary presented her petition to our Lord, presented the needs of that newly married couple. She simply said, they have no wine. That was all that was needed to be said. And our Lord, you Lord, respond. Well, let's ask Our Lady to help us live with a good, similar simplicity, acknowledging our weaknesses, say forwardly when that's appropriate to do, that we know how to rectify with simplicity, when we get something wrong, that we know how, in a straightforward way, to
to let others know what we've experienced, what we've found. And uh, that we'd be straightforward as thank God. I'm sure we are in our, our dealings with God, with others and ourselves. Lord, we thank you for the example of Nathaniel, for letting us know about your encounter with him. And we ask Our Lady to intercede for us and to help us draw uh, from the example of this Apostle Bartholomew, whom we celebrate today. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you communicate to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Do 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 do